Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Talk Radio, live from Westminster. I think there's a clear warning there. Get up to the minute news flashes, instant reaction and expert analysis from some of the biggest names in Westminster. What's next? Order! Talk Radio, live from Westminster. Welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio, coming to you live from a very soggy college green in Westminster, where once again our parliamentary representatives are gathering to do their level best to stop anything from happening. Super Saturday turned out to be not quite so super as Brexiteers had in mind after former Cabinet Minister Oliver Letwin kiboshed the entire day with an amendment which effectively halted Brexit in its tracks and triggered the Prime Minister having to ask for an extension from the European Union, even though he said he didn't actually ask for it. Today, we fully expect Boris Johnson to come to the House of Commons and ask for permission to have another vote on his Brexit deal, and we then fully expect Speaker John Burko to refuse. What we will be hearing about is the lawsuit in Scotland, where SNP MP Joanna Cherry, bankrolled by ecotricity millionaire Dale Vince, is attempting to prove that Boris has broken the law. When will these people actually do what the rest of the people in this country want? Coming up, we want to hear from you all, of course. We have a host of MPs and pundits kicking off with Colonel Bob Stewart, uh, ready to enter the talk radio tent of common sense, and we'll bring you every twist and turn of what is fast becoming the biggest political farce in the history of the world. 03444991000. Also, I will be acknowledging the news at the weekend that Extinction Rebellion have finally worked out that their strategy backfired on them uh, when they protested for two weeks in London and that everyone's least favourite couple, Harry and Meghan, have said that they can't stand the pressure of being paid to be in the public eye and then moving to Africa. So at least there's some good news then. 03444991000. We are the only radio station that gives it to you straight. It's the truth, it's the whole truth, and it is nothing but the truth. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, right here on Talk Radio, live in West Across the UK, online and on DAB. Talk Radio, live from Westminster. I'm delighted to say uh, we are now joined uh, by uh, a a good friend of Talk Radio, I would say, Andrew Bridget, a man who comes into the tent from time to time. Very good uh, morning to you, Andrew. Welcome uh, to the tent of common sense. Um, Saturday was a bit of a blowout, really, wasn't it? Yes, it was going to be Super Saturday. It was. And it ended up being superfluous Saturday, didn't it? (laughs) Quite, yeah. Um, Yes. Thanks to Mr Oliver Letwin. A man who you were telling me earlier used to be on your side of the fence. Absolutely. I looked at some old literature from when Oliver first stood as a candidate for the Conservatives, and he was an archer, a sceptic. Indeed, he joined the European Research Group himself did when he? he first arrived in this uh, when, noble when, house. When, when did he suddenly uh, lose faith in that and become a Europhile? Uh Goodness knows, but I mean, he's certainly got a good dose of Europhilia now. I, I do hope it's not catching. Yeah, well, let's hope not. But I mean, all he's really done, effectively, is to turn everything kind of around so that it's now being done the other way. So rather than passing the deal and then sort of setting out the bill and making the law, we're now going to make the law first and then pass ah, the deal. Well, that's, that's, that's the rub, isn't it? Because had there been a withdrawal agreement uh, passed by the House mm. to attach to the withdrawal agreement bill, mm. that would have made it much harder for amendments to be made because the House would have already agreed on the terms of the right. deal. Okay. So now, the, if the bill comes tomorrow, and I think you've already summed up, you, we really don't think that the Speaker is going to allow uh, a meaningful vote today. Um, the bill comes tomorrow, there'll be amendments for customs unions, uh, second referendums, second referendums all sorts of Do things. It'll be a Christmas tree for yeah. them to hand, hang amendments on. And also that takes a lot of parliamentary time as well to debate all of these 
and then I was going to say, I mean, the difficulty and time's not something we're we're, we're no. over blessed with. And I guess, now that, but is there, is there October. not a danger though for some of these uh, remainers like um, Keir Starmer, who wants to attach a bill uh, that has a second referendum on it, and wants to attach another, sorry, another amendment that has a customs union attached to that? I mean, the danger is, is it not that if they keep this debate going for too long, it gets all the way up to the deadline of October 31st? And what they try to deal, uh, to try to stop happening, which is to leave without a deal, could actually happen. Well, they're hoping that they force uh, an extension. They want uh, a second referendum, and it's a lot of it's a, for their own political reasons. They're running away um, from a general election because they've seen the opinion polls. Yeah. I think the way that uh, the opposition parties acted on Saturday will cause them again to drop in the polls, which makes them less likely to vote for a general election under the fixed term Parliament Act. What they're hoping for is to get a long extension out of the European Union for six months so they can have a second referendum. Mm. Then they'll say, we can't have a general election. Drag it through the summer. We can't have a general election because uh, those nasty Conservatives, if they got in, they'd they'd scrap the second referendum, so we need to hang on. Mm. And we just carry on in this limbo while they're waiting to see if any chance of them ever lifting in the polls. And unfortunately, all their actions are going to keep making them drop in the polls. They can only run away from the electorate for so long. There will be a day of reckoning. Mm. And the, quite honestly, the longer they wait before that day of reckoning, the, the bigger the reckoning the is going to be. Gonna, yeah, the worse Absolutely. it's going to be for them. Uh, let me just pause you there for a second. Ollie Cole joins us, Talk Radio's political reporter. Ollie, you've got some breaking news. Uh, yeah, so um, basically the withdrawal agreement bill, which we are expecting to uh, be debated tomorrow, will be introduced uh, to the Commons this afternoon. Uh, that, of course, First is that reading. crucial piece of legislation which will implement Brexit into domestic law Uh, and uh, it'll be the first time that MPs have properly got to read that over, read what it says and see what they're going to be voting on uh, tomorrow when it it hits its second reading tomorrow. Uh, So Steve Barclay in introducing that has said this is the chance to leave the EU with a deal on October 31st. He says if Parliament wants to respect the referendum it must back the bill. So will that bill uh, be presented or does it have to now be sort of given permission to be presented by Burko? So that gets presented uh, today and then will be debated tomorrow. Okay. Ollie Cole, thank you very much indeed. So uh, it looks as though what we thought would happen will happen. Tuesday, Andrew, uh, is the first little moment and of at course, which you, t- you get to talk about this stuff. E- even if the Speaker refuses to allow a meaningful vote uh, as part of today's business, uh, effectively a meaningful vote could be introduced as part of the bill itself. So that could be voted on later in the week. Sooner the better, Mm. um, because that will have the capacity then, if we can get that through, to reduce the amount of uh, amendments uh, to the bill itself. The disturbing thing, and I was saying this uh, earlier to uh, Stuart Jackson, is that you've got this kind of problem whereby people that you and I both know who don't want this to happen at all, who will do their level best to just continue to frustrate and, and delay and, and just cancel, if they, if they can at best, the whole plan and, and the idea of Brexit. I mean, when are they going to give up, these people? Are they ever going to give up? Uh, well, I think one of the problems is that you know, democracy, as we've discussed before, only works when the losing side accept the result. And given the support from the establishment, the mainstream media... Those who were on the losing side have never actually gone through the grieving process because they've, uh, for losing the referendum, they've always held the hope out that actually they're going to frustrate it. And until that hope is extinguished, we're not going to be able to move on and bring our country back Mm. together. And again, once we've actually left the European Union, I think we we can have very good relationships with our European friends, uh, with lots of trade, shared security uh, commitments and everything else. But until we get over this hump... um, we're just stuck in this. I mean, did you have to have a kind of a a heart to heart with each other, as it were, in the ERG last week when Boris Johnson got this deal? um, There were some who weren't sure if the ERG would back it. Uh, There were some who said that there are things in there that you would provisionally, normally and and traditionally uh, have objected to. Um, But I mean, I'm I'm very much of a pragmatist about all of this stuff. And and did you guys have to become pragmatists? I did. I did. And, and, you know, there's a lot a lot in the withdrawal agreement, which we've inherited from Theresa May's yeah. deal, which I really object to. However, you know, it, it, Boris had done a far better job uh, renegotiating than I thought was possible. Mm. Uh, if he hadn't have been hamstrung by the Surrender Bill, uh, the Ben Act, um, he, he would have uh, been able to negotiate an even better deal. But everybody had said he can't get the withdrawal agreement reopened. He did. He can't get rid of the backstop. He did. 
uh, and he's changed the political declaration from one of Theresa May's of uh, close regulatory alignment with the EU forever and a day to uh, a much looser free trade agreement, which gives us much more mm. scope to diverge from the European Union. So given that uh, and the political landscape we find ourselves in, I also spoke to my association, who are staunch Eurosceptics, and basically to a man and a woman, they said, look, you know, the country can't take any more of this. Yeah. Our democracy can't take any more of this. We're not going to. We're going to struggle to get a better deal than this in any uh, with with this parliament mm. before a general election. Let's get it over the line. And I think you're right. And in terms of how, as well, I've been saying this last week that that, that everything's kind of shifted a bit, really, since March, when maybe you would have t t t taken a harder line and said, "No, we don't want to accept this." I remember you sitting in this tent uh, very uh, many months ago, saying, "We do not accept the Theresa May deal as an acceptable deal." No. Um, but as you say, this is a better deal than that. Um, and also, the the, the 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 sort of the mood of the people has moved a little bit because people are just so fed up that they want, I mean, people were so disappointed on Saturday, even people I know who were quite staunch Remainers, who just were hopeful that by the end of Saturday, <laughs> they could actually talk about Absolutely. something else. Absolutely, and, I, and I've, know? I've, met, I've met those people as well. And, and there's, there's, there is a different attitude to the deal, in that with Theresa May's deal, it was an appalling deal, yeah. uh, which could have left us trapped in the backstop indefinitely, mm. at the mercy of the European Union, and with a political declaration which meant that sh if she was negotiating the future relationship, it was not only a, an awful deal, it was probably going mm. to get worse. Yeah. Whereas at least with Boris Johnson, the deal is tolerable, but with the political declaration and him and his team, and look at what they've done in 85 days, I'm very confident, Quite remarkable. I'm very confident yeah. uh, that, that we can move forward. And of course, there's lots of ploys we can use. We, if we get this deal through, uh, effectively, no deal comes back on the table because mm. the Ben Act is, uh, was passed. That's no longer relevant. So we go into f uh, free trade negotiation talks with the EU. Um, what I was worried about was that you know we, we go through this transition period where we are at the mercy of the European Union. We've had reassurances. If they try to pass some legislation that would affect us adversely, uh, we will have the ability to object to that most vehemently and also what we can do is we can say you're now no longer acting in good faith and we can withdraw and leave with mm. no deal which they won't want us to do and we don't want to do but also that if we hadn't got a free trade agreement by the end of those negotiations the transition period at the end of 31st December 2020 I said well wh what I don't want is us getting mugged off for 39 billion pounds coming away with no free trade agreement and having paid the money and I was assured by number 10 that if we don't get that free trade agreement, we'll be paying the bare mm. minimum of the divorce bill, basically only our bar bill, uh, as we walk out the door. Um, and also, what I suggested we can do, and there's no reason why we can't, is we start parallel uh, trade negotiation talks with the United States exactly at the same time as the European Union. We run them in parallel as competition to mm. each other to force things along. Right. And Emily Thornbury was talking last night, of course, about exactly what you've just said, that if no deal is back on the table effectively for as long as the next year, and maybe longer, um, they will continue to try and frustrate um, the government's Because ability. they don't want us to leave. Yeah. So we, we've got to have a walk-away position mm. in, the, uh, in the trade talks, like we wanted a walk-away position in the withdrawal agreement talks. I mean, who would leave yourself at the mercy of the European Union? Well, again, we're back in the showroom, and we can't leave without buying a car. Yeah. What sort of car would you buy and what price would it be? Whatever they want. Yeah. That's not acceptable for uh, as a negotiating position. We want to negotiate it. We're, we're obliged to negotiate in good faith. Having that walkaway position ensures that the European Union do. And if we're negotiating at the same time with the United States, uh, that's going to put a bit more spice in the mix. Yes. Isn't it? Well, if you want a Labour Party car, of course, you get one without an engine and no wheels and there you can't go anywhere. Absolutely. Well, we'll, we'll be stay in the showroom forever. You'd be lucky to have a Trabant, <laughs> wouldn't you? You certainly would. But of course, you they'll, but they'll be driving around in their Zills, won't they? No, they'll be fine. <laughs> they'll be all right. They'll be getting their childcare paid for as well. Don't worry about that. Andrew Bridget, thank you very much indeed. Tory MP, of course, at Northwest Leicestershire. Uh, many, many more of you want to get on. You will get on. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. It's happening. It is definitely happening. I'm telling you. I'm sure of it. This is Talk Radio. The fallout. The fury. The future. Let's get political. Order. Talk Radio, live from Westminster.
Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. We are here in Westminster. We are live on College Green where it's looking pretty dank. It's looking pretty damp and it's looking pretty miserable, I'm afraid. However, Andrew Bridges has just been in the tent of common sense and made a lot of common sense and basically said uh, that uh, everything is still to play for. Everything is still going along pretty well. Uh, he doesn't believe that uh, uh, basically the amendments which are going to be attached probably to the withdrawal bill, uh, if they can be attached by Keir Starmer, uh, either for a second referendum to take place or for a custom union to take place. He does not think either of those things will happen because basically if those things are attached to the new withdrawal bill, which is being uh, put before Parliament this afternoon, uh, basically the, the government will once again pull the vote on the main bill because they do not want the bill to go through uh, with an added second referendum attached to it. Let's go back to the phones. 0344 499 Just before we do that, uh, I've got a tweet here from Charlie. He tells me apparently it's Trafalgar Day. Uh, will the parliamentarians over the road be celebrating? I think not. Yet another day of miserableism and prevarication uh, by the ne'er-do-wells doing all they can to prevent Brexit. I'm not sure what you're supposed to do on Trafalgar Day, but we'll see if we can find out. It certainly does feel as if we're on the high seas at the moment. It's very wet indeed. Let's talk to Ken, uh, who's in Luton. Hello, Ken. Morning, Mike. Morning. Well, I keep hearing this thing about the Leavers. Did yeah. they know what they were voting for? Well, did the Remainers know what they were voting for? No, I don't think they did. Lame ducks like Italy, France and Greece all have to have their budgets ratified through the EU, yeah. who sent Italy's back, by the way. Uh-huh. They was at a bank crashing, or else they'd have been down the tubes. So this is the EU they want to belong to. Yes, I know. Well, I mean, this is the same, also the same EU that doesn't protect its own citizens uh, in Spain or in France, where the police are more than happy to keep hitting them in a most vicious and ghastly way uh, throughout the night, night after night after night after night in Barcelona, and the EU does nothing. But how many of them uh, 27 countries put in more than they get out? Well, uh, I'm afraid to say uh, that we are the greatest contributor to the European Union and we are the uh, one also which receives the least from them. Yeah, well, Poland put in $4 billion and get $17.4 billion out. That's not bad, is it? No, that's <laughs> not. That's a great system, that. They're queuing up to join the EU. Well, this is what I said the other day, right? I love going to Spain because their roads are so good because uh, we paid for them. Uh, our roads, on the other hand, are absolutely rubbish um, and nobody's given us any money to fix them. And if they have another referendum, how can they leave uh, uh, leave, leave off the... Well, that's what I've always said, Ken. If you want a confirmatory referendum, you confirm what went in the last referendum, which is that we voted to leave. So I think the referendum, if there was to be a second one, which I don't want, should only say, do you wish to leave with this deal or do you wish to leave with no deal? And that should be it. Ken, thank you very much indeed. Let's talk to Craig, uh, who's in Oxford. Hello, Craig. Good morning, Mike. Morning. Morning. Um, I'd like to, to just start with saying I don't normally condone this sort of, uh, of approach or, or request, personally, but... I, I just can't help it this time. Okay. The, the guy who stood up in Parliament trying to get childcare for a Saturday morning, yeah. he's got to go. And anyone that cheered and applauded that his request has got to go. How detached have you got to be to earn nearly 90 grand a year, then get another 200 grand in expenses and claim that you, want, you need some childcare help for one Saturday in 30 years? I know. It, it's it absolutely just shows an utter it? disconnect. And, I mean, that was a side point I wanted to so I don't condone asking for people's heads normally, but it just shows a complete disattachment. Um, well, it's worse, main... it's worse than that, by the way, Craig, because I can tell you uh, that IPSA, which is the organisation which passes and, and vets uh, MPs' expenses, right, put out this tweet the other day. It said the House of Commons will be sitting on a Saturday for the first time since 1982. Ipsa will cover accommodation and travel costs for MPs in line with the usual rules. Uh, it then said Ipsa will also accept claims from MPs to cover childcare costs associated with the Saturday sitting. I mean, if that does not tell you all you need to know about these bozos, I don't know what does. Well, it, it does, unfortunately, and it, it just infuriates, I think, a lot of people that struggle with childcare on the Monday to Friday, you know, yeah. as well as other I've, things. I've but, actually but, tweeted them and asked them to furnish me, please, with the details of everybody who has claimed for childcare for that particular Saturday yeah. sitting, because you know what's going to happen. Although they're supposed to publish these things, it won't be published for about six months, and by that time everyone will have forgotten. But I want to yeah. try and get my hands on them as soon as I can. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, the main reason why I was actually calling was was regards to this deal. I, I, I'm massively in favour of Brexit, but I'm just 
shake my head at people. I know people are frustrated and want to get this deal through, mm. but it's it's. <laughs> This is effectively, so we're still a withdrawal agreement. We're negotiating the terms of the fight. And yeah. we take, we, we're, we're saying, oh, well, we can negotiate things online, but we're already giving away things like common access to fisheries. We're already saying, well, well we that's not actually true. And we've got to try and, well, no, that's not true, in there, Craig. We've got you've got to, hang on, you've got to listen to me rather than to the Brexit party on this one, because the Brexit party is now trying to disrupt their own Brexit. They're basically trying to make out that this is not a deal that they approve of because of all the things that they don't like about it. But all of the things they don't like about it are in the transition agreement, not in the action agreement, because the action yeah. agreement hasn't been made yet. Exactly. But they're, they're in there already, and we've got to try and negotiate them back out again. Well, they're in okay. there for the transition period. They're not in there with. for the rest of... No, they're not in there for the rest of time because the whole point of what we are about to enter into, as I've been saying for many months, is a long and drawn-out period of negotiation. It is never going to be a set in stone agreement which starts in uh, November the 1st and then continues for the rest of time. All that happens is that we enter a period of negotiation for the next 12 months or so and, that point, uh, and at that point we can then renegotiate all of it. We, we can try, but if we negotiate with the same vigour that we've negotiated this time, then I fear we'll be in a similar to worse position. Well, you're just um, being a pessimist now, aren't you, Craig? You're just oh, no, being I, a pessimist. I, I mean, you've been listening to this show for long enough, man. Surely you should have some more positivity than that. I'm very disappointed. Hey? Where have you gone? He's gone. Not only is he a pessimist, he's just disappeared off the face of the earth. This is what happens, right? If you start to believe the nonsense that people tell you, which is nonsense, and you don't listen to what I tell you, which is the truth and nothing but the truth, you will find yourself in a bad place. This is why I keep saying to people, don't worry about what you don't like that is currently in the withdrawal agreement, because there will be time and there will be opportunities to renegotiate bits of that. And as you heard from Andrew Bridget, there are things that he's not that keen on. Bob Stewart said there are things that he's not keen on, but we've got to get it start to this whole process and we've got to get it on the road and driving towards the, egg, the, the final exit, which is to leave the European Union. We cannot do it any other way. You cannot get everything that you absolutely want in one fine little package, all done up with some gold wrapping paper and a ribbon. That's not the way it works, I'm afraid. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Get up to the minute news flashes, instant reaction, and expert analysis from some of the biggest names in Westminster. I think there's a clear warning there. Talk radio, live from Westminster. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. We are sitting in the tent on College Green. It is absolutely pouring with rain. Uh, it's a pretty miserable outlook from here. Uh, from the inside of Parliament, it look much better, to be honest, because they're all sitting there uh, desperately trying to work out precisely what is going to happen next. What we do know, uh, as we've been told by Ollie Cole in the last hour, uh, is that basically there will be a representation made uh, of the withdrawal bill, which is the legal part uh, of the documents which uh, are presented to Parliament. Uh, after the Brexit deal was kind of not voted on, basically, 
basically on uh, Saturday. It will not be put up for another vote, which inevitably John Burko would have turned down anyway. Uh, so tomorrow will be the day uh, when parliamentarians start to debate the actual bill itself and the actual law uh, that gets passed into the constitution of this country to leave the European Union, which is why uh, it's a very good idea now to talk to a man that knows an awful lot about the law, Bobby Friedman, barrister, political commentator. Bobby, welcome uh, to the tent of common sense. Um, Thanks, Mike. There's not a lot of it around, as I tell people, but it looks as though what happened on Saturday and Oliver Letwin's sort of amendment has really just uh, delayed everything and sort of turned everything on its head so that effectively tomorrow begins the real work to try and get the bill actually passed into law. That's right, but I think what it has done is it's denied the government momentum because what Boris Johnson was hoping was that uh, his meaningful vote would take place, that it would be passed in the House of Commons, and that would be effectively a public statement yeah. by the Commons that it backed his deal and therefore the withdrawal agreement when it came to be legislated this week. That would be seen as a way of putting that deal into effect whereas we're in a completely different position now because everything's up for grabs and so what we're going to see this week uh, is amendments being made to the bill for example for a customs union for a second referendum and of course there may be the votes in the commons for a customs union it's slightly unclear Mm. at the moment but i don't think Uh, would that be a customs union over and above the one that's now been left in northern ireland this would then apply to the rest of the UK, as indeed would have been the case if Theresa May's deal had passed. Yes, so a UK-wide customs union, but that could could be not just for now, but but ongoing into the future. So right. it would be a much softer version of Brexit, of course, which right. the government won't back, which the ERG yes. wouldn't back. And so I think we could end and up with Parliament status this week. And which Parliament didn't back before. So why would they want to do that now, apart from the reason which we all know is the reason, which is to stop it from happening? Exactly. Parliament did get close in fairness, so about three, three votes in it last time. Mm. But there are going to be a number of switches, I saw for example this morning Damien Green uh, one MP saying that he wouldn't back a customs union now because right. of course there is a deal on the table with right. people's support so the, the numbers are still very much up in the air but I think the government are not that confident of getting something done and dusted between now and October the 31st. We are in a very curious position of having made a deal with the European Union uh, which is now currently being opposed by people in the government uh, not in the government in parliament here behind us because they don't want to leave you know, they didn't think Boris Johnson would come up with a better deal than, than Theresa May's deal. He's managed to do that, and now they're just frustrating that. It seems very undemocratic to a lot of people who are out uh, there in, in voter land watching all this. I think what we've seen over the last few days has kind of given the lie to a lot of what people have been saying, because they were saying, no, no, I'm concerned about no deal. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, there are some MPs who do want to leave but are concerned about no deal. But for, but for a, a substantial number of MPs, huge n- number of MPs, what they, what they were saying in fact, was I don't want to leave at Mm. all. And so once there has been a deal negotiated, you then see the argument changing and suddenly it's it's a new objection Mm. and it's one after another after another. And that is why you just think, why can't those MPs be honest and just say, I will never support... Brexit in whatever form, come what may, and I will do whatever I can to stop it. Yes. Why, why not just? Be and I mean, at least I'm, I'm no fan of, of Joe Swinson and the Lib Dems, but they've at least been consistently on that. They've always said we do not think Brexit is a good idea. Uh, we will not back it, and we would, quite frankly, uh, we would oppose it in every sense that we could. And if we ever became the government, we would revoke Article 50 and, and just ignore any referendum that said we should leave. And at least, you know, whether you like that or not, at least they're being honest and being consistent. Exactly, and the, the same in fairness to them for the SNP. Yeah. So, fine, you can disagree and say that that's undemocratic, and I think there's a good argument for that, but ultimately, they're being up front. The Conservatives are being up front, but there's a huge number of the, some of the, the 21 Tories who, who, who lost the whip, but equally, uh, many people in the Labour Party who are saying, uh, on, on the one including hand... Including their leader, of course. Including their leader, including what Keir Starmer previously said, mm. which was, we are going to, to leave the EU, whereas actually now we, we see where they're actually going with this, which is they just want to stop it. Yeah. Why not just say that and have that exactly. as your policy? Because I saw Emily Thornberry last night on a Peston show, uh, which was a sort of an extra Peston show, extra bonus for us all, uh, talking about how they now are worried that um, the 2020 sort of deadline um, could come and could mean that the, 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 the government leaves the EU with no deal at that point. And so they are effectively saying we will fight this for at least another year. Well, there is a, there's a certain logic to that in the sense it was John Barron appeared on Newsnight, the Conservative yeah. MP appeared on Newsnight making that argument saying, well, 
it means we can still go for no deal. Mm. I think that's pretty unhelpful to the government. It's helpful it to win over the But ERG. it's interesting, isn't it, that people take what uh, politicians say sometimes at face value, sometimes dismissing altogether what they've said. He is apparently the most truthful MP in the history of MPs because everybody's jumped on it and gone, well, now look what they're going to do. Well, I, I also think that there's a big difference. When, when we're talking about no deal now, that's not the same as if we have left the EU. Because remember, the key point would be we would be negotiating mm. for a long-lasting trade agreement right. after we have left. And the key point is, can we leave now? It changes that situation when you think about the negotiation and the negotiating position. When, when we have left, if we have left... Then if you're discussing, do we have a customs union on what terms, we're doing it effectively as equal partners. And that's mm. what getting rid of the backstop has, has allowed us to do. And so I don't think in reality they will end up being no deal because that would be the EU and the UK saying, well, going forward, mm. we are not going to have any trading relationship yeah. at all. Right. And that is so unthinkable yeah. in terms of trade for, for both parties when you're negotiating on a level playing field. Whereas what we have at the moment is that we are constrained. We are not negotiating on a level playing field. The EU have more of the chips. Mm. And so that is why uh, there is a, a difference between now and if we're negotiating for that long-lasting trade deal in the future. And uh, what do you make of what's going to happen up in uh, Scotland today. The Edinburgh High Court is going to have another look at this um, uh, lawsuit, effectively, which has been launched by Joanna Cherry. Uh, Dale Vince uh, backing it, of course, the Ecotricity man. Uh, Jolyon Morm's involved in it as well. This was the case that was kind of put on the back burner until such time as this weekend came and went. They're now saying, well, of course, he did in some way uh, comply with the Ben Act. However, uh, they're more or less suggesting that he didn't do it in good faith and therefore they want to continue. I mean, it's kind of a waste of time, this, isn't it? This is an utter waste of time and it's a waste of court time yeah. when other people who have their cases that need to be heard by and the a waste court of public money as well and public money exactly now what you need to know about this let me give you some context mm. writing in the times today lord panic who remember is gina miller's qc yeah uh, the person He's also who is oliver letwin's advisor precisely uh, helping oliver letwin on, on the the letwin amendment he has said boris johnson has complied with the act yeah. he has of course and now there is so much smoke and mirrors here coming from the statement i saw from joanna cherry last night saying the court will consider whether boris Johnson is in contempt. Now, let me tell you what they have actually said is that they, i.e. the Cherry Morm legal team, are not going to be saying to the court that Boris is in contempt. Mm. And believe me, if the opposing side isn't arguing for something, there is no way <laughs> that the judges are going to say, oh, you know what, you don't even no, think you that. Wonder why we're, everybody... we're going to find the Prime yeah. Minister in contempt even though no one's going to ask us to. Number one, he's not in contempt. But secondly, nobody is even asking for it. And the misreporting of this today, where people are getting worked up, suggesting that Boris Johnson is going to be found in contempt of court, that he's going to go yeah. to prison. I mean, that is just not going to happen. Yeah. I will bet my house on that. Okay, line. and can you imagine why I come out occasionally and say this is why we shouldn't give the lawyers too much to do? Uh, because <laughs> this is the kind of thing they get up to in their spare time. I mean, poor old Jolian Moore. Can you imagine uh, being in any way associated with this guy? He has become obsessed. He's never going to stop filing lawsuits. He lost another one um, the other day uh, where he was trying to make the Prime Minister do something else and it was just thrown out of court, dismissed straight away. I mean, it's pathetic, isn't it? Well, I do think that, that they've obviously won some victories. Don't get me wrong. They, the, the prorogation case was a big victory for them. But, the, the, but the, it didn't mean anything in the but end. Exactly. And this is the point. What what the, the recent cases that they've brought, so for example, the one uh, on Friday where the, where the Scottish judge said it was totally misjudged yeah. to have brought the case, mm. Uh, what it's showing is that they are trying to do anything yeah. just to stop Brexit. So in that case, last Friday, even the Speaker, John Burko, his office wrote to the court opposing what Morn was asking mm. for, saying it would be in clear breach of the separation of powers for a court to say that the government couldn't put something before Parliament. So uh, I think there's massive overreach here. And if their aim has been to try and stop Brexit, it's all been totally pointless. The prorogation case, very interesting for constitutional lawyers. Don't get me wrong, extremely embarrassing for Boris Johnson. But it has not changed no. the outcome of Brexit one iota. And none of these cases... And all of it's done, to be honest, is strengthen his hand come a general election where he will be able to get up and stand on any uh, you know, sort of campaign stool that he wishes to and say, this is what these people wanted to do. All they wanted to do was to frustrate the process, fin finish off the Brexit uh, scenario and make sure that we never leave the European Union. And that will play very well for him politically in terms of the voters. And I do wonder if there is anyone on the opposition benches uh, amongst the Labour Party actually thinking about a general election yeah. because all the time at the moment it, it's improving the position for Boris the people versus parliament narrative that he wants to run a general election on so he'll either have got us out in which case he can say look I've done the impossible I've got us out or he can say parliament has stopped me 
what, where is Labour's positioning? Mm. What is their message that they're going, they're going to be able to put forward in a general election? Right. They, they don't even seem to be thinking about it. It just seems so politically No, it's incre- incredible, isn't it? And in fact, I was talking to Stuart Jackson earlier, and he was saying there is now going to be a sort of a, a, a groundswell come an election, and once, if uh, Boris Johnson wins a bigger majority, there's going to be a lot of people talking about an end to the Fixed-Term Parliament Act, a lot of people talking about, you know, maybe let's talk about reforming the House of Lords, because this whole kind of stalemate situation needs to be addressed and, 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 and made possible for it not to happen again, I think. I absolutely agree. Fixed-term Parliaments Act was brought in as a means of propping up the, the coalition. Yeah. It's not meant for situations like this, and it doesn't work. And what we are potentially facing, because there's going to be an amendment for a second referendum put down this week, who knows if it will pass, but if it were to pass, we, it will take, as Keir Starmer admitted yesterday, about at least five months, yeah. probably six months, to have a fair referendum. What's going to happen for six months? Are we going to have a zombie government that can't pass anything? So every other part of our country can't be government governed. You can't have um, government on the NHS, on defence, and all those other important issues. Because in any other situation, the government would have just dissolved Parliament and called a general mm. election, which is what needs to happen. So this is a completely untenable position because, of course, everyone is concerned about Brexit, but people are bothered about all of the other stuff that needs to be sorted out in this country. And our understanding is as well that if there is a second referendum kind of managed uh, to be tacked on as an amendment to the bill, that the government may well pull the vote on that bill anyway. And so there will still never be a vote on the bill and there will have to be at that point, surely, a general election in some way, shape or form. Well, you would think. The the SNP, of course, do back there being a general election in those circumstances, again, out of... uh, for, for their own political means, because I think they think they'll do better in a, in a yeah. general election. But ultimately, uh, yeah, yeah, you have to. This parliament isn't working. Whichever side you're on, mm. surely people accept that the numbers are, are, are such that it is stuck. So we do need something to, to break that logjam. Yeah, we absolutely do. Bobby, thank you very much indeed. Bobby Friedman, barrister, and uh, a good barrister, I would say, rather than bad barrister. <laughs> uh, one of the few. Uh, this is Talk Radio. Loads more coming up. Get up to the minute news flashes, instant reaction, and expert analysis from some of the biggest names in Westminster. I think there's a clear warning there. Talk Radio, live from Westminster. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. We are in the tent down on uh, College Green in Westminster. The rain appears to be abating slightly, uh, so at least something's happened. That's the first thing that I can report has actually happened uh, because the parliamentarians, uh, as is their won't, won't start actually doing anything until about 2.30 this afternoon. Uh, I'm not going to be too unkind to them, though, because I've got one of them in front of me. Alistair Carmichael's here, Lib Dem Chief Whip, Northern Ireland spokesman. Alistair, a very good uh, morning to you. Afternoon, I should say. Good morning, good afternoon, whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you'll be used to this kind of weather. Well, your part absolutely, of the absolutely, and, and nice to be in the Republic. Did, yes. I, just, did I just cross a hard border without realising it? You did, yeah, it? you did. And look how easy it was, right? <laughs> See how easy it is? You don't have to worry about a thing. Uh, There's no paperwork. I it's suspect all done that, by I technology. Suspect I suspect that the, the Republic of Mike Graham is a utopia of the sort that you maybe won't find it's elsewhere true. in the I'll world. I'll tell you what, what we don't have here are people who are recidivists who are constantly <laughs> trying to go back on what they said they would do. Because, of course, you guys have done that, haven't you? You have basically promised something that you have not delivered. And I mean you collectively mm-hmm. as a parliament rather than yeah. you as a Lib Dem. OK, so we're back to Saturday now. Yes. OK, look, I mean, we've had this with us for, what, three, three and a half years mm. now. And what the government wanted to do was to say, we've rewritten the whole thing. This is a big, very different um, agreement that we've now got with the European Union. And I think there are some really significant differences there. Um, But forget what you've done for three and a half years. We can do it all in five hours. Mm. That's nonsense. Well, you did pass the Ben Act quite quickly, though, didn't you? Well, we do, and we, we can do these things when we have to. But it's not the best way of doing legislation. It's not the best way of holding government to account and scrutinising the legislation that bring forward. So the government can bring forward their withdrawal agreement implementation bill, which I would expect them to do today. We can see the detail yeah, of we that. Understand that is de- happening this afternoon. It will be debated tomorrow, and then we can give it yeah. the necessary scrutiny. So um, I think a lot sounds, of the commentary... That all sounds very convincing, Alistair. Oh, very you're reasonable. Very, you're very good yeah, at yeah, sounding yeah. reasonable. Uh-huh. But everybody and I'm actually, reasonable. But I'm everybody, a reasonable every, man. Well, I know you can see that. But everybody knows... Um, what you're really doing here is making sure that the ball gets carried over the 31st of October deadline so that, apparently, uh, Boris Johnson can't leave without a deal. Okay, so Boris Johnson, probably unwisely, I would say, made some fairly extravagant comments about how he would do it, do or die by the 31st of October. I I think that was foolish. 
I don't think that the country should take a decision of this sort just to save a bit of face for, for Mr Johnson. If he's now got to turn around and say, actually, you know what, it needs a few more days, it needs proper consideration, the House of Lords should get to do their business, I don't see what the problem is. There I, won't be a problem. I was not elected by my voters in Orkney and Shetland just to make life easy for Boris Johnson no. so that he should be able to go out and, and promise things that were unpromisable That's or right. undeliverable everybody, uh, and everybody, then just everybody gets roll that. over. Everybody gets that, but it's not going to play well for anybody apart from Boris Johnson because the more that Boris Johnson gets frustrated in whatever it is he's trying to do, the more he rises in the polls, the more popular he becomes. We had two callers today, yeah. one from a working men's club in Sheffield, another mm -hmm. from a working men's club, a Labour working men's club in Wigan, both of whom were saying they were watching on Saturday the events in Parliament and Boris Johnson was getting the biggest cheers of all. And these are Labour mm -hmm. voters who well, are going to be deserting Labour and either voting for the Brexit party or voting for the government. And they're not going to be voting for you guys. Well, let me tell you, a lot of Labour voters, especially here in London, are coming to the Liberal Democrats. So, you know, look, the Labour Party have got their problems. I've got problems enough of my own, so I'm not going to explain away what the Labour Party should be doing. But, you know, you've hit on quite an important point there, and it is something that is actually very personal to me as a Member of Parliament, and it should be to all Members of Parliament. What we do in that building behind us at the moment is that we make decisions which we consider to be in the national interest or possibly even the interest of our constituents as a, as a particular community within the nation. And then come that moment of there being an election, and there's clearly going to be one fairly soon, we go back and we are accountable. And if the people don't like what we have done while we've been a Member of Parliament, then they will go and find somebody else. Mm. And, you know, th that's and very I think, and I, think it I, would I understand be, yeah, what that and I, means. And I think that it would, be, it would behoove all of you yeah. to admit that it is now in the national interest to have a general election because we are, as many people have described it, in a situation which mm -hmm. is like a zombie parliament where nothing can really be done. Because, for example, imagine the situation where uh, the government have basically said, I think they're going to come back today and ask John Burko for permission to have a vote on the Brexit deal. He will probably turn that down. Uh, if he doesn't turn it down and allows it to go ahead, but then attaches a couple of amendments to it, they will withdraw the bill. So we're in this kind of game of cat and mouse, which is not helping anyone. Yeah. Look, uh, having a general election for the purpose of having a general election is a good thing. Having a general election as a device to ensure that you can somehow or another achieve an end, in this case, crash out without a proper deal, that's not acceptable. That's using the rules but that's, to, to, but that's to something get that at you something guys, else. No, but that's something that you guys have sort of uh, superimposed on Boris Johnson. He has never said that that's what he's going to do. You walk around, I don't know if you personally have, but people walk around <laughs> calling him a liar. No. People walk around telling him that he can't get a Brexit deal from the European Union, which he's now got. Mm. He's now got that deal, and you're still not happy. I think we're entitled to hold Boris Johnson to account for the things he has done in order to get but that you're deal. Also, One you're of the things he's done, incidentally, is he has put a customs border down the Irish Sea. So different rules can possibly apply to yep. Northern Ireland. Now, as somebody who worked heart and soul to keep Scotland part of the United Kingdom mm. in 2014, I really resent the fact that Boris Johnson is now selling out all the efforts that we made to keep the United Kingdom together. Because believe me, that customs border down the Irish Sea could be in the wrong hands the end well, it could of the United it could Kingdom. Be, but there are plenty so of people hang on, but there are plenty of people who think that it's actually a rather good way out of the problems that we found ourselves in, where you had to either leave Ireland alone and make it into a united Ireland uh, and give basically Northern Ireland back well, to Europe. What he's done is, I think, rather cleverly, uh, managed to make it the best of both worlds. If you're living in Ireland, Northern Ireland now, you're you're in good shape. You're a member of the e European Union and the UK. I, what could be better? You're part of the UK, but you're going to be subject to different rules. And once you start that principle that you can do things that should be on a nationwide basis differently in one part of the United Kingdom, yeah, but it's not, then it's, it's, it's you so are on a slippery. No, it's so minuscule that it's hardly going to make any difference at all. Look back at the, the commentary on, on Saturday in the House of Commons. Look at the way the Scottish Nationalists jumped on that. How they surprising. clearly see that as a major advantage to them. Yeah, but it I just matter. don't think... I think it does matter because it is significant and it is substantial and it does undermine the principle of the United Kingdom. However, Boris Johnson however, said that he wouldn't do okay. that well, and then he say, went, turned well, around and did it and that's I why mean, he every can't single take the DUP every single, okay, Hang on, every single political party said that they would honour the result of the referendum going into the 2017 elections. So don't start telling me that politicians well, actually, are now my, suddenly breaking my their promises. Party, my party in 2017 stood 
on our manifesto that said that we had voted for a departure, we hadn't specified a destination, when we knew what that destination was, we should have a people's vote are on you it. So tell I me, think are you I am tell quite me, entitled to take the view that, that I did. Nick, Others can account me, for their own. Are you going to tell me that Nick Clegg did not say it was a once-in-a-generation vote and you're now asking well, for a second referendum? Well, of course we said so that it broke, would be a once-in-a-generation. So, so, but describing something as a once-in-a-generation uh, event is not the same thing as making a manifesto province. It's a description oh, really? or it's a promise. I oh, think okay. there's a so, big so, so you're telling there. me that Lib Dem lies are okay, every other, but everybody else's lies are not? No, you see, mate, this is on feed where sort of getting pejorative like that really doesn't actually Have help you got this written into your... Debate. No, sorry, I'm no, not going no, really to be told... No, excuse me, matter. I'm not going to be told how there to speak a, by politicians. There is a difference. No, I'm not going to be told. Well, Leila Moran told can, me that I couldn't say something as... Well, I'm not going to take it, so well, don't start. OK, so, well, where does that leave you? What well, sort of debate do we have now? Well, we're then? having a debate with, with honesty uh-huh. and with uh, with me telling you what uh-huh. I think and you telling me what you think. Yes. The words that I choose to use are not yours to choose, OK? You can choose any words you want. Look, this really takes you nowhere. But you said it was a lie when Nick Clegg well, said it, was. it would be a once in a lifetime. Was it not a, how is it not it a lie? It may have been a misjudgment, but that's different from is saying it? that it's deliberately a I see. lie. So and just I, because if you, he's, if he's you so, try well, and pretend, so how stupid is Nick Clegg? If you try and pretend that every misjudgment is a lie, right. then frankly the political discourse very well, you should know falls better than to anyone, the bottom Alistair, of the pool. You should know better than anyone that you oh. cannot hold up politicians yeah. for saying one thing and doing another because circumstances change. I mean, look what you're all saying now. You're all saying democracy does not happen in one instance. Yeah. It is not a single a me- a moment is, in time. That is Boris why Johnson would say that he changed the policy uh-huh. of his own mind because it was a different situation. Well, That's no more of case, a lie than what Nick Clegg said. In which is it? case, and I never said that Boris Johnson was lying. You said so that he's 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 I changed. I said that he's changed he said his he's, mind. He said he would never that, do something, and that he should be accountable mm. for that. And that will the extent of the need to be accountable will be apparent when it comes to debating the bill that he brings forward today, and which will be debated tomorrow. That's why right, Boris well, Johnson has not been able to keep the Democratic yeah. Unionists on side. Well, That's why this matters, and it comes back to the point that I made to you earlier. If we make misjudgments, if we get things wrong, then you go back to the voters and you say, you know what, I was wrong about that. You are accountable for okay. it at the end of the when day. Was the last time, and that's where it When matters. was the last time you admitted to being wrong about anything? I admit to being wrong about things all the really? time. Okay. Well, let's talk about <laughs> being if honest. If you want to know when the last time was, you would have to go back and ask Mrs. Carmichael that. She keeps okay. a better I don't want to get track into that. of these things. I certainly don't want to get into that. I don't want to argue with you. I don't want to argue with Mrs. Carmichael. But how about this? Why do the Lib Dems and the Labour Party mm-hmm. uh, and anyone else who doesn't want to have a general election at this moment mm-hmm. tell us precisely why you don't, rather than just saying this is not the time for a general election? No, why, I, do, I, why can you not be honest about well, the fact that you don't want to leave the European Union and you will never want to I, leave it? I have already told you why I don't want the general election at the moment, because Boris Johnson wants a general election that could keep option open to him the option of uh, leaving us crashing out without but a surely deal. the people once we should have, decide when once, it's a good time once for election, we, shouldn't they? Well, no, it's, it's traditionally been the Prime Minister, now it's Parliament. That's where the decision, it's where the power constitutionally lies. So, you know, if... So the people you, don't matter, then? The, the suggestion would be that uh, I should just trust Boris Johnson to set a date that will, will suit uh, the whole country and not just his purposes as leader of the Conservative Party again. I was elected to hold Boris Johnson and and, uh, others in government to account. I wasn't elected just to take their say-so on trust. If you feel that Boris Johnson is wrong as the leader of this country, if you think that he shouldn't be Prime Minister, if you think that his actions are incorrect Mm -hmm. or that he is somehow misguided, surely the best way to get rid of Boris Johnson is to win an election. But you know in your heart of hearts, no matter how excitable Joe Swinson gets about you know co-opting a load of MPs and thinking they're all going to win their seats and then she's going to get another 200 and then you're going to revoke Article 15. It's kind of ridiculous fantasy that she has, right? Why don't you just admit... It's a bit pejorative again, but uh, never mind I'll let it How write. is that pejorative? Be just by saying that we're not entitled to, to win the, well, you the won't. number of seats. Well, you can have a bet with me right now. Mm-hmm. I'll even take uh, 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 euros. I, I'm a like. good Presbyterian. I'm I not am? a betting Excellent. man. Excellent. All right. Well, so, um, if you were a betting man, you would lose an awful uh-huh. lot of money because you're not going to become the government of this country. And so you know 
that basically if Boris Johnson has an election now, so, he wins it hands down and gets a bigger majority. And that's the real reason you don't want one. So as a, as a great uh, proponent of democracy, you're telling people they're not allowed to vote Liberal Democrat. Come I'm not saying that. Election. I'm saying they won't vote Liberal Democrat uh, because they don't want you no, as the no, government. No. So, I mean, I think we're entitled to, to make our claim to government like anybody else. I would hope that would be a sort of basics that, that you can make it, but I can call it nonsense. That's what we call yeah. democracy. Yeah. And then? What do you mean? Well, I mean, look, you asked the question about the general election. Yeah, why don't you just when tell the us general why? election is not to be used as a device for getting us out on no deal on the 31st of but October. Nobody said it is. Once you have, it could be, and that's the point. Once you have extended the period from uh, from the 31st of October to whatever it yeah. is going to be, at that point, you have the certainty and the clarity that you can have your general well, election. Well, surely you would think along the same lines, though, that then, if it, say, was extended to January 31st, that they could leave on January 31st with no deal, so then you wouldn't want an election again. At that point, you would have had your election before the 31st of January. Oh, so you'd be all right you, with that? You would be... Once you extend the period so that you can hold a general election and assess its result before the end of the Article 50 period, then there is no barrier if, to us the, having a general election. What if the election. EU doesn't grant you but, an extension? Well, that would be something that we would then have to look at. What would at. you do then? Personally, yeah. um, I would uh, support a move to revoke Article 50 rather than see us crash out on a no deal. So you basically but just cancel I, the first... Uh, in much so you the basically same way, cancel... Hang on, you basically in, cancel... The first referendum. In much the same way as uh, we, we've already said that uh, the, 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 uh, the, the debate would need to be concluded by the 31st. Are you sure you don't want to take Democrats out of the name? No, I'm quite happy with my Democrats in my name. Thank you very much. All right, Alistair, thank you very much indeed. Pleasure as Alistair ever. Alistair Carmichael there, uh, speaking for the Lib Dems and indeed many of you who want to remain in the European Union. This has been a pleasure as ever. The rain has now stopped. I can walk to the station without getting wet. Uh, this has been the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. So if you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.